Hey, fan bros, this is Tatiana King-Jones. We have an awesome episode up ahead for you. But remember, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. Holla. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets, and welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. This is Chico Leo flying high in the night sky in the escape pod. And I got flying as my wingman right here. DJ Ben Amin, Wakanda's favorite DJ, Babyface Pusha, the ageless one in the building tonight. In the building, in the spaceship. Yes, in the spaceship, flying through the it, night skies, through the exactly. evening nights. So, uh, we got uh, another big, uh, big special delivery talking about uh, Game of Thrones, Orphan Black, uh, all kinds of other stuff this week on TV. So this week's episode of Game of Thrones, the third episode, is called High Sparrow, and we are introduced to the High Sparrow, who is played by Jonathan Price, who's been in a million things, but many people uh, might remember him from Brazil way back when. No, um, people know. Yeah, him that's the star. That. He's yeah, he was the star. Yeah, I know, but Brazil's ancient, man. People know him for other things than that. I, I can't place where I know him from, but. I know it's not Brazil. Well, that's probably I don't know that that that's like one of the you know top ten movies of the last you know couple of decades. <laughs> not uh, a couple. It's like 40, 50 years ago now. <laughs> nah, Brazil was. I saw that in the theaters. Yeah. Brazil was in the eighties. Okay, all right, all right. But um, yeah, no. So Jonathan Price and and I mean he had a, a small role, although there's there's clearly things to come. Um. So I felt like this this episode was dealing a lot uh, a lot there's a lot of changes going on. The Lannisters seem to be going down. The Starks for the first time in a long time things seem to be uh be looking up for them. Um there's a lot a lot of different characters sort of playing with identity and names, you know, like um you know, Jon Snow is offered several times the chance to become Jon Stark, which has always been his dream and take his you know bastard father's name and you know lead lead the family and return to winterfell um sansa is returning to winterfell to marry the son of the dude who actually you know killed her brother and 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 mother um and betrayed her whole family and brought them down i would imagine you know she's gonna take a different name you know she's gonna take the bolton name when she gets married but the uh you know there was a a servant there who actually said the North remembers. So even if she takes another name, she'll always be a Stark. Tyrion's trying to be somebody else, uh, you know, to, to uh, lose his Lannister identity. But of course, you know, he puts his foot in his mouth. He's, you know, talking about pay, always paying his debts and, you know, which is a Lannister thing. And, and he ends up getting scooped up by, uh, What's his name? Is that Jorah Mormont? The uh yes, old Yeah. The return. So yeah, so it was a return of him, return of uh Ramsey Bolton, uh return of um Reek slash Theon Greyjoy. We had a we had a lot of returns of uh of characters. But yeah, so um this one definitely you know, I don't know if it didn't have a lot of action, but, you know, it is called Game of Thrones. And I feel like a lot of moves were made in the Game of Thrones in this episode, you know. Definitely. 
I didn't think the Lannisters were going down either. I think this was more their come up episode because I feel like Cersei is realizing that uh, Shorty is taking power through her son and by moving on the Queen's, I mean, not Queen, the Head Sparrow, she, you know, consolidates her power with the people. So I think she's not going down so easily. I think people are, you know, writing her off a little bit too quickly. Well, no, I'm not writing her off, and I agree. She definitely made an important ally. So the High Sparrow is the leader of, like, a super religious sect that's trying to clean up, um, and they sort of have apocalyptic overtones, but they're trying to clean up uh, Westeros, and um, I definitely agree, you know, allying herself with that guy is dope. But, yeah, the marriage did take place. To a certain degree, she is losing power over her son, who is the king, who's totally enthralled, you know, with his new wife. Whipped. And, you know, whipped. Yeah, whipped. He and he and uh, Littlefinger is about to, it looks like, betray her. She sends him a uh, a raven at the airy, not knowing that, you know, she's making deals with the that he's making deals with the Boltons. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Varys is saying stuff like, you know, I think multiple characters say, yeah, Tywin was the power. Now, I I agree with you. I mean, anyone who underestimates Cersei is pretty much going to end up die, uh, end up dead. But she and she does have a zombie soldier that we saw stirring the mountain. I think uh, there was a scene where the Meister is is cutting up rats and suddenly there's a body under a. under a sheet that starts grunting and groaning like Frankenstein. And I, I, I think that that's the mountain. It's and definitely the mountain. Yeah. So, yeah, it is definitely the mountain. So she definitely has tricks up her sleeve. But, you know, things are working against her. Um, now, last week we saw for the first time thing uh, in a while things really working against Daenerys, the Khaleesi. And I felt like that was mirrored this episode, like Jon Snow executed a dude, and it was definitely the right move, whereas last week Daenerys executed a dude, and it was definitely the wrong move. Definitely. And this uh, is, I, I'm I'm not sure, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the right move in that situation for Jon Snow, like he had to chop his head off. There was, right. no, there was no way to avoid that dude, you know, had revealed his true colors, and he had to go down. But and he hid during the battle, like oh, he I mean, hid in the been, closet. Like yeah, he's, he's no, he's not worth anything. And if you remember in the first season, he used to be the leader of the city guard in in King's Landing. And if you remember, one episode ended with them killing a whole bunch of 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 children that were Robert Baratheon's like bastard children. Yep. he was the dude leading that. So wow. I mean, you know, he he got his. You know, yeah. yeah when when Tyrion became the hand of the king, he fired that dude and sent him to the wall and that and then he hired braun his you know sidekick to be the head of the city guard oh and when, okay yeah, yeah so well, and that's yeah. why that dude ended up at the wall and you know he's been an enemy of all you know of all the characters we like yeah definitely so it was time for him to go down and yeah Josh and he Snow did his head went right. down some valerian <laughs> steel i love the guy's reaction after yeah. snow cut off his head the guy standing right next to snow who took his sword from him because he looks, he looks like to the left at somebody else, looks at somebody else, is like, uh, all right, all right, you know, I guess that's how it went down. It takes the sword smooth. Yeah, yo, they don't mess around on the wall. You take the black, and you are, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're in a new, uh, in a new age, in a new world. Definitely. So, uh, 
I like I said, I thought this episode was still uh, still moving and still you know build up, build up, which I feel like this needs to get more to it. But there was still more in this episode, and we did see a lot more movement. There are big things happening. Um, Y'all, what? Wait, one thing we forgot to mention was Arya is continuing with her yes. training in the House of Black and White. Although right now it feels more like Daniel San and Mister Miyagi than Luke and Yoda <laughs> on Dagobah. No, it feels like Luke and Yoda. Well, when when, they, when, when she starts running around through the jungle with that dude on her back, I mean, right now she's like in the wax on, wax off stage of Karate Kid, you know? Like, no, it's a- absolutely like she's learning stuff. And that's what I was talking about, like identity and name. Like she threw all the stuff that made her Arya into the water except for her sword, which she couldn't throw that in the water, but she hit it. And so, you know, like there's a whole thing going on where people are like changing and, you know... Uh, not that people haven't changed all throughout, but I felt like even, I can't put my finger on it, but there was a conversation with Brienne and Podrick where Brienne sort of gave her origin and why she always loved Renly because he, um, he treated her like nicely when people were making fun of her and he didn't need to. He was the king's brother. And, um, you know, really even like any, any, yeah, really, any scene really with them is dope. Breen. Yeah, I thought that was really dope seeing Brienne like, yeah. open up herself like that. And really good scene. And it, and it's brought them together because she always was pushing Podrick away. But when Podrick was like, yo, you're the greatest warrior I've ever seen. You beat the Hound. Like, nobody ever said that to Brienne. You know, they're always like, oh, you're a woman. You can't fight. You don't, you know, you shouldn't have swords. You shouldn't have armor. You'll never be a knight. And he was straight up like, you're the best warrior in the land. You know, and obviously... You know, he's not, there's no guile in, in Podrick. So she knew that, you know, he's devoted to her and thinks, you know, thinks she's dope. And now she's going to train him. So. So Podrick's becoming uh, Daniel San right now. Exactly. That's true. His, <laughs> and Brienne's a little Mr. Miyagi. A right. A bit Mr. Miyagi. Um, but, yeah. Anything else on Game of Thrones this week? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, we're we're heading toward towards stuff. I mean, I think you know pieces are going to be moving. They've reintroduced some characters we hadn't seen in a while. Again, you know, I mean, the scenery we not we don't really talk about it, but like the scenery is just incredible. They're you know they're filming on you know in three different countries for a hundred days. That's like three hundred days of filming, and it definitely shows just the. The wide shots of the cities, you know, when 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 Varys and Tyrion get to whatever city that is, like there's this long shot of like the market and it's just it's, you know, stuff like that is is also, you know, just really dope in addition to the, you know, the crazy intrigue and the crazy battles and, and all that. No, definitely. Yeah, you can't you can't ever front on the show's use of location right. and directing and cinematography. It's always top notch on Game of Thrones. It really is, and uh, they they spare no expense. So yeah, I think that that's it for this week on Game of Thrones. I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoy most episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, you know, I feel like you know the story is chugging forward and and will just sort of gain momentum a, as it goes along. Um, so also this week was Orphan Black. Orphan Black's titles to the episodes, I don't know what they what they mean, but the title of this one was Transitory Sacrifices of Crisis. I, I don't know titles, what that means. But I have no idea what they're talking right. about. 
So That's, this one, yeah, yeah, no, no, say to go say what you were gonna say about it. Oh no, I mean off the top, this episode, you know, oh like like we said last week, or from Black last week, kicked in so much information and right. so much different words and this organization and that organization and male clones and here's three of them and they're working for this guy and these people are working for this guy and it's just so much at once it was really tough to understand and then this episode doesn't let up because it starts off right away with the ill threesome and just gets crazier from there yeah now so the the i almost feel like i was unprepared last week even though i watched the episode because i didn't remember you know from 42 weeks earlier or whatever um all the details, I definitely feel like I had a much better handle this episode. But yeah, so the two uh, male clones from Project Caster are Rudy and Seth. And I agree, the cold open was definitely creepy where one of them picked up a woman and then she and the um, the dude are in bed and then suddenly the second clone kind of appears, a dude with the mustache and it reminded me almost a little bit of um, Watchmen at one point when, uh, you know, uh, John, the Dr. Manhattan is yes. like, you know, fooling around with his wife and like there's like four hands or something like that. And she gets all freaked out. Um, I mean, it definitely was ill. This was the most time we'd spent with the male clones. I'm still and not blown away by them. Like by the No, on a show where, you know... Um, you know, the whole thing is the Tatiana Maslany's, you know, acting and the differentiation between the characters. You know, uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, if we're supposed to be comparing those dudes, plus because they were brought up in this military thing, they're all sort of, they act the same, whereas all the Tatiana Mas, Maslany clones are all different because they were all brought up in different environments. But um, which is we actually, I mean, we we spent some time with both these clones, and then one of them ends up killing the other um, towards the end of the episode. Um, So that was kind of out of the blue. Um, Not really out of the blue, though, because that's the thing: these male clones seem to be uh, deteriorating. There's something going on with them where they're they're imperfect. There's it's like it's like the. The dudes in Blade Runner, the uh, the replicants, like there's something wrong with them that's not wrong with the female clones. Yeah, well, no, actually, the female clones have something wrong with them too because remember they are, they're contracting cancer, and that's what um uh, I can't remember the one with the glasses name right now is trying to solve. But the male clones are being tested by Paul, who returns this episode, and being given this logic test. And the one who is failing it gets shot by the other guy. So it seems right. that whatever is happening with this logic test is something going on in their brain where their brain is deteriorating because he also spazzes out, seems to have like an epileptic fit. So it's not like he just, when he shot him, I wasn't really shocked at the shooting. There was other stuff in the episode that was much more shocking than that. Right. Well, and it's funny that you brought up that logic test because that also reminded me a little of, of Blade Runner. But, um,. I mean, definitely, once again, this the, the, all the different characters have different storylines. It really is like you you literally have to. I mean, I keep saying this, but you have to remind yourself you're watching the same actress. Like when it goes from Helena to Allison to Sarah. Oh, I mean, it, it's so amazing. I mean, the two, the two things that they, they, they're doing that I, I wish they weren't like anytime like they use Kira, uh, Sarah's daughter, as like... Um, 
you know, leverage or whatever. Yeah. Like, that gets old because we've seen that so many times. And the kid in, like, this show is better than that, than just to have a gun in a cute little girl's face be the reason to make a character do something. And then Helena, like, it's just not fair. Like, Helena's been through so much and getting, tor- you know, she's getting tortured again. Um, one thing I will say, apparently Tatiana Maslany even does the voice of the scorpion that Helena sees. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, which is, is actually really, really dope. Um, I love that voice. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, the scorpion is pretty amazing. And Helena's really dope. Um, yes. So, and and they haven't really done anything with Felix. I mean, Felix is just there to, like, help them get dressed and, you know, put makeup on, it seems like, so far. Definitely. But I do hope that they have, you know, they and they usually do, just more in store. Um, but the writers, the first couple of episodes, haven't given him much to do. I do have to big up, though, real quick. I got to big up Allison and her husband. Oh, yeah. Their gangster moves this episode. Right. And I said it on Twitter, but I just feel like Allison wakes up every day and plays Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Yeah. Because she is so on it. Like, I love Allison so much. And that's another one where it's like, Helena is so off the wall different that, you know, it's like, okay, you can see Tatiana is playing somebody else. But with Allison, it's such the subtle things that make her different. And that's one of the ones where I really forget that Tatiana's playing, you know, that it's not her playing it. Right. No, I I, I completely agree. She's so wound tight. So even like the littlest twitch and the whole sort of comedy stylings of her and her husband, Donnie. (laughs) Yeah, no, I absolutely love the husband and Allison together. What is it? Donnie? Yeah, Donnie. Yeah, Yeah. they're just the best. And I love how Donnie has just improved his gangster skills from season to season. And now he's kind of getting into it. But it's still just Allison leading the way. Yeah, no, they... no, go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, they've they've done it all. I mean, they've killed people. They've you know they've lied. They've cheated. I mean, they're like you know the most villainous of the good guys, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, they barely are good guys. They're right up there with Helena, right? But uh, one thing, what is why we have to ask, or what I really want to know, I think it's one of the mysteries right now, is why are the male clones trying to find the original source material? And are there, like, are we going to see, like, the original Sarah and the original male clone? Or are they dead? Like, the original people who they've been cloned from? Or is well, it- I don't know. Because they're looking for the actual original, like, samples. Yeah. So if if they're only looking for the samples, then, you know, the original ones, like, if their people were still alive, then they could just get them the DNA samples off the living people. So you got to assume, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely, uh, I would assume they're long dead, the original, you know, the original clone, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I mean, of course, you know, they're going to leave that open for the twist that they could have always made. But yeah, I don't think that they're quite dead yet. I think that would be the ill twist to see an older Sarah, too, so. Right, right, right. That, that Yeah. That would be dope, actually. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think we're done with that, you know, strand or idea there just yet. And also, one last thing, big shout out to the homie. What is cop's name? Art, my man. Art. Art. Yeah, yeah. Now three seasons straight, one facial expression. Like he is focused on it. His anger. He's always angry, but even when he's not angry, he looks angry. So salute to you, Art. Uh, anything else? 
No, I, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, I, you know, Art is, you know, they, they haven't done as much with him as they could. And, I, you know, for, and that's an understatement of the year. I mean, no, but, you know, it is interesting. Um, you could even look at some of these roles where they stick a, a black man just to get diversity into a show um, in a role like that. Because I feel like you could say something like that on The Flash. But I really like Jesse Williams, the actor. And because they show him being a father, they show him being the stepfather to Barry, they show him actually, you know, doing other cases as a cop. He's so much more fully realized as a character than Art, who just pops up only having to do with the clones. It's like that dude doesn't have a life. He's like C3P. He's C3PO. He just like powers down when he's off state off screen. Yo, I'm so mad that you made that comparison because that just really made me look at art even worse now. It's yeah, like, damn, I mean, it's, it's so real. Like we mentioned uh, the the Flash in there, Jesse Williams from the Flash. Um, that continues to be uh, to be really good. No, definitely does. I thought this week was much stronger than last week because last week was probably, like I said before, the worst episode of the season so far. And in this episode, we had uh, Everyman as the villain, who I didn't think was the strongest villain, but brought up a really good point of mine. It feels like they keep just stuffing these villains into the bottom of Star Labs, and there's no trial, there's no jury, there's no court date, there's no anything. It's like, you did some crimes. I'm not sure that Everyman killed anybody in this episode, but whether or not he did, he you know is now just locked up in the bottom of Star Labs with a bunch of other people at this point. They got like... Five, six people down there? Did they throw the bee woman? Uh, I'm not sure who else is in there, but... Yeah, no, you. I think this is a very, 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 very valid point, and one that maybe even we should have brought up when we had that whole comics and justice thing, because these people are not getting justice. They're not. They're getting literally. (laughs) You know, I mean, look, everybody. Cisco is you know quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on TV. You know, um, Doctor. You know, the the evil Doctor is supposed to be dope. Barry's dope. You know, um, but yeah, they're just literally throwing these people into jail with no, you know, no habeas corpus that, you know, no, no rights, no appeal, no nothing. And the arrow does that as well on his, except he takes them to to the island and locks them like in a basement on the island. That's what he and does. Yeah, the arrow does that. And wow. he has his jail, his version of their thing is on the island and he's put, you know, three or four bad guys in there. And um, that's, I mean, you know, there's something very fascist about that. And there's, it's, you know, it's definitely worth noting that maybe some of these shows are, you know, adding diverse supporting characters. But you're talking about like white male, you know, billionaires for the most part, not not Barry, but, you know, Star Labs, the the Ray Palmer and Oliver Queen are all, you know, all just summarily, you know, locking these people away and there's something chilling and fascist about that um you know it's, it's worth talking about um i think it's you know really i don't funny. i don't know if you saw it um what's his face uh the you know the uh, the dude from cosmos um tyson degrassi um neil degrasse tyson neil degrasse tyson so okay so wait start that over so neil neil degrasse tyson was on uh the daily show last week and they talked about batman beating superman 
And Neil deGrasse, or Superman beating Batman, Neil deGrasse Tyson points out, like, we don't even know who Superman reports to. You know, like, there's someone out there, like, potentially, and we, we have no concept of who they are. And there, there's just something chilling about these superheroes, you know, putting, especially someone like Barry, whose father is was wrongfully put in jail. And, of course, we kind of know that they everyone they've put in jail so far, they've put in the right person. But, you know, without, you know, without the trial, even if you're, you know, like Daenerys and you muff the concept of justice, you know, I, th- there is something missing from from the, the, the judicial process in the, you know, Flash catches someone, puts them, they lock him up, make a quip, give him a name, and then, you know, Cisco and Barry walk away kind of smirking. <laughs> and I'm just wondering who feeds them and all this other stuff. Like, there has to be a system to keep people in place when you lock them in jail. And I doubt that Star Labs has any of that. So, yeah, it's it's quite an interesting thing that's going on on Flash. And I don't think people are really paying much attention to that because it's such a happy-go-lucky show overall. And No, I don't even think those cells have toilets, you know, or a bed. <laughs> like, they just throw them in a room that, you know, like... You know, I, you know, who knows what kind of light gets in there. I mean, that that is definitely, you know, they're torturing those people. I mean, it's definitely like Guantanamo Bay conditions. Yeah, so we'll see if that's addressed on a later episode of Flash because it's definitely interesting that they're just throwing all these people away like that and they really have no system to handle them or anything. So, you know, this was definitely a better episode. It moved along. Every man wasn't the best villain, but we also got to see some other stuff with Dr. Wells, and they're figuring out that he definitely isn't the person they think he is. And so it seems that before this season is even over, we're going to have the big confrontation between Flash and Reverse Flash. So it's to be really interesting to see what they do in the next season. And since people keep asking us about it, yes, I have been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Chico hasn't been, but I can't really fault him for that because while this season has been stronger than the last season, it's still, I don't know. It's like when I watch Flash and the Agent Shield comes on right after, it's such a downer because Flash just has such a better feel to it overall. But I do want to big up uh, your boy Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, because I'm not going to butcher that. Yeah. Well-known Twin Peaks actor. He's been playing uh, Sky, who's now been revealed to be Daisy Johnson. He's been playing her father, and he's also, her father is actually the comic book character, Mr. Hyde. And, he and does a, she know? N- no, she doesn't know he's Mr. Hyde. I'm not even sure if she really realizes that he has powers. He, he has a bit of a while out this season, I mean this episode, and you also got to see some of his, I guess, high juice, the drink he takes or whatever to make himself bug out. But I don't really think she knows. This episode was more about her trying to get rid of him because she's left S.H.I.E.L.D. and joined back up with her inhuman family. And the inhumans don't want him around. So she was trying to get rid of him. Didn't really happen the way she wanted. He kind of gets back with her inhuman family and loses... Um, shield in the process so we'll see what happens with that next next episode but like I say I like the show but it just I don't know it just is missing something that just would take it over the top yeah I I honestly haven't you know it's the only thing Marvel thing that I haven't watched and and I have heard that it's just not up to the level of um, 
Agent Carter or Daredevil. And so just because there's so much stuff out there and I'm kind of looking for stuff, I, you know, one day I might go back to it. But, um, you know, uh, they are going to have an Inhumans movie. I know that there's tie-ins with the uh, with the movies, and I've certainly seen all of those at this point and, and, and will continue to do so. But, um, yeah, I never felt like, oh, I got to go watch, you know, start, you know, get caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Although I have heard, yo, it got better and, um, you know, there are, some of the storylines do work really well. Definitely. And you do need to watch NetSuite because NetSuite is definitely going to lead into Age of Ultron. So there's probably going to be something that comes up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you'll see, you know, reference in Age of Ultron. So check it out NetSuite. And then probably the week after will probably be the best episodes of the season. So, fan bros, tune into those episodes if you haven't been tuning in at all. But other than that, I really can't say you're missing too much. Right. All right. I'll do that. I'll check out those two episodes because I'm sure I will have, I'll be seeing Age, Age, Age of Ultron. Most definitely, which drops next week and we'll be reviewing it right here on Special Delivery. Anything else before we get out of here, Chico? No, I I think that's about it. I mean, uh, for some reason, Age of Ultron has already opened in Europe, and it's had a strong opening. Apparently, it's already made almost a quarter of a billion dollars, and it hasn't even opened in America or Asia yet. So, you know. wins again, it seems. Oh, yeah. No, and and will continue to do so, I think. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, at least. Yeah. So, all right, same uh, same bad time, same bad channel, and uh, as always, you know, visit fanbros.com, you know, subscribe on iTunes, check us out on SoundCloud, uh, follow us uh, on Twitter, at Fanbros Show. Most definitely, visit, visit us at fanbros.com, check out all the articles, reviews, shows, trailers, films, all kind of great stuff. Fanbros.com. You know what it is. Fan-